everybody. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. I have got a special treat for you all today. Um, today, we got a guest for the show. And we don't have guests that often. And the first time we had a guest was uh, Chad Daniels. He came on the show on um, Son of a Preacher Man episode. So if you haven't heard that one, please check that one out. Uh, today, a special guest, because it's special to me, is my wife, Sherry Baker. She's joining the show today, along with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. Welcome to the show, Dr. Daniels. Uh, good good day. And it's always, again, to all of those who are looking and listening, it's always great to be here. And I, I think today is a special day. Not only is the guest uh, your wife, but she's also my niece, whom I'm extremely proud of. So it's great to be here with her. All right, so Sherry, please, uh, for everybody on uh, tell us what your credentials are. Hello, everyone, and I'm pleased to be here. My name is Sherry Baker, and I am a resident in counseling, which, long story short, means that I have finished my master's in mental health, and I'm currently pursuing licensure as a licensed mental health counselor. All right. Sounds good. So how long you had to go to school for that? Um, I had to do a 60 credit master's program, so it took me about two years. Two years for 60 credits. Mm -hmm. That was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So to, the topic today is um, mental health. That's the reason why we have our special guest today. So mental health and how, what role the church plays in that for us counseling on in the church counseling. And then we also have someone representing um, counselors and counseling outside of the church and what some of the similarities and the differences are. So, um, Dr. Daniels, what is the main difference, in your opinion, between seeking counseling and for, from the church versus outside the church? Well, I think the... the the uh, the seeking of the counseling is really probably the same. It, it kind of depends on um, uh, where you you know what type of counselor you're dealing with. Um, most um, most pastors, if you are seminary trained, then you have formal training in counseling because that's a part of the curriculum. Right. And, and now some make that um, what they focus on, and some don't. But one of the key things with uh, mental health counseling from a from, uh, I guess, a church standpoint is to understand uh, your limitations. And I think that's one thing that sometimes um, uh, Christian counselors uh, don't always do if you're just coming to your pastor or, or a lay person. But Christian counseling is, is something that um, licensure is, is obtainable in as well. And so most Christian counselors that uh, specialize in that field, you know, they don't exclude, you know, the uh, techniques that you use in secular counseling and you kind of marry the two. Uh, but you, you also don't rule out the person's faith in helping them, you know, get some kind of um I guess some some stabilization of, of where they are in the, in their life. Right. So, uh, Sherry, for us, like if somebody makes a comment and they say just pray on it, does that rub you the wrong way, any type of way, or is it like you? Should, if you got a real issue, you should seek some type of counseling. Um, I think what Pastor Daniel said was important as far as. Um, people understanding their limitations. I don't think that there is anything wrong with you seeking comfort in church first. I think people even acknowledging that they need a little help and somebody to talk to is a great first step. So if you feel most comfortable talking to your pastor because that's who you know, then I have no qualms with that. I think that you should do that. Um, and then I think at that point, if your issues begin to be a little more than just 
um, surface level or something that the pastor can help you with, you're kind of going into serious mental illness. And I feel like at that point, then you probably need to go to a professional. But I don't think just people wanting to pray about something in and of itself or seeking counseling at the church first is bad. I think if you seek counseling in any form, I think that's a good first start. So, Dr. Daniels, at what point do you get with a a client or someone is coming to you? Do you say this is I'm, I'm in over my head or I got to go seek other um, guidance? Right. Well, well, let me tell you this. You know, remember, most pastors that are seminary trained right. have the training to do counseling. It's not like they aren't trained counselors. Right. So, so the issue for them is basically, do you need to see um, someone who can prescribe medication or, or do you really have the resources available to you to continue long term counseling with the right. person? So that's kind of the issue uh, that, that that you deal with. Um, and, and for me, you know, all of our, our deacons um, and, and that's, you know, people don't just come to the passive counseling. Let me say that, too. So all of our deacons receive what we call mental health first aid, you know, because we want you to understand, again, what your limitations are. And, and, and I'm not one that believes in just pray about it. You know, the, you right. know the, even the Bible clearly indicates that just prayer is, is not the only thing that you do when right. a person's you know, having a problem. Uh, and, and, and in fact, uh, Jesus made the comment. Well, excuse me, James, uh, one of the apostles, you know, he made it clear that if a brother comes to you and and hungry, for example, and you say, let's pray. He said, you know, you've done nothing for the brother. <laughs> right, you know, right. he said, so you feed him first and then you all pray and thank God for the food. So, you know, you know, here's the thing, you know, you so let's say, for example, a person is um, depressed, let's say. Um, well, and you come to me and and you say, well, Pastor, I was thinking about uh, committing suicide. Well, you know, I'm going to go through various questions with you to figure out where you are, you know. And and, and the main thing I want to know from you is, do you have a plan? Right. <laughs> you know, do you have a plan? Now, if you have a plan, now we need to we need to go ahead and take care of issues right away. And, and again, so you know, we're gonna we're gonna use a step by step process to kind of see where you are and, and what type of referral is needed. You know, whether you need to go straight to your medical doctor uh, or whether you, you know, want to seek help from a licensed uh, a therapist. And, and sometimes, you know, it, it can be you need to we need to get you in go intake right away. Right. You know, so it's, it's going to kind of depend on, on where the person is. So is is the church set up for long term counseling? Well, um, the church is set up for coaching, <laughs> long-term coaching, right. not therapeutic counseling. Gotcha. Okay. And, and because, and that's our primary role. Our primary role is, is how to help you, uh, ch- uh, you know, get the best out of life, but not to deal with mental illness. That's not the church's role uh, to do. Well, let me say it differently. It's not the church's primary role to deal with mental illness right. uh, because for the most part, um, very few churches have, uh, the staff on, you know, on payroll to deal with mental illness. Some churches do, but right. most churches don't. And the average African-American church does not have a mental health counselor, you know, on staff. Right. Right. And some of that, um, Sherry, might be because of the stigma that's in African-American community of going to seek counsel, counseling. Yes, right. I do think um, there is a strong stigma associated with mental health in general and the population in general, and then specifically to African-Americans. Um, a lot of times some of us are told you do just pray about it or you go to church and you don't really acknowledge 
that sometimes it can be a little bit deeper than you just simply praying about it. Um, also, culturally, a lot of us are taught what goes on in this house kind of stays in this house. You don't talk to people about your business, what's going on or anything. So I think some of that kind of sticks with you even into adulthood. You get a little bit scared or nervous or anxious to talk to a stranger about things that are going on with you. And also, it just isn't common. Like you don't just talk to black people and they're like, yeah, I'm going to see my therapist or yeah, I'm going to see my counselor. Whereas some of the circles that I'm in with white people, they feel comfortable saying, yeah, I'm going to therapy next week. We just haven't really got there. I don't think as a culture of just acknowledging that it is okay to seek counseling and mental health is a real thing. Right. You know, I had um, a former teammate of mine that had struggled with um, not being able to play football for years. And he finally went to go seek counseling and therapy. And then I remember I got his random phone call and he told me about it. And he was like, you know, CB, we need to get past going that stigma going to see therapy because I am much better now. Sure. You know, I've worked through my issues, Mm -hmm. but he, you know, me and him know a lot of people who still to this day are fighting issues of not being able to play football. Cause you play football throughout your whole life for Mm -hmm. 18, 20 years. And all Mm -hmm. of a sudden it's over, you know, so we're and they're still struggling with that, but because they won't go seek counseling. So do you see that in church at all? Well, uh, you know, I think, um, let me, let me, let me distinguish a couple of things. First of all, Mm between um, what type of help is, is oftentimes needed because we, 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 you have to look at things based on a certain level, right? You know, for example, if, if I break my arm, right, uh, then um, you're going to recommend me to go to the emergency room. No question about it. Go right. to the emergency room, get help, right? If I sprain my wrist, then you may just give me a home remedy, <laughs> Of how, right. how to deal with it. Uh, and and my, my point being is this, is that an illness is an illness, number one. An illness is an illness. So if I have a mental illness, there are times when just like I might need medication, you know, to deal with any right. other illness, I might need medication for that mental illness. You know, and so, you know, that, that that's the thing. Uh, so, you know, so you have to look at, the, you know, am I am I depressed or am I facing depression? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that, that's kind of how you, you, you got to kind of, you know, categorize things. Uh, am I clinically depressed? Is there a chemical imbalance that's, that's, that's affecting me right now? Or is this just a downturn, you know, uh, because I've had a life change, you know, that right. kind of thing. Right. Uh, and, and, and that's how I, I think where, where we error is, is that our assumption is that they are the same, you know, and so we don't seek, you know, help recognizing that, you know, they aren't the same uh, and, and, and you may need something to, to get you back, you know, into your, to your norm, but my norm may not be your norm. Right. And, and, that's, and, and right. that's the other thing that, that we got to deal with. Uh, you know, like what you, what you're talking about right now is a, is a life change. You know, how do I deal with a change in life? But generally, usually uh, clinical depression is not something that's based on a life change. Right. Usually it's not. Now, I'm not saying it can't be. It, it can it can certainly exacerbate a condition that was already there that you just kind of work through, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but usually a life change is, you know, that's a coaching issue right. uh, as opposed to a, a a true medical, you know, emergency where I need medication to get, to get me back in line. So, again, to answer your question, 
Yes, every day people are facing those life issues, right? right? We're right, divorce. You know, you, you don't go through divorce without it being some depression going on. Right. You know, it's like a death. But I may not need, you know, a, right. a clinical psychiatrist or a clinical a clinician to, to, to walk me through that process of divorce. Someone close to me may die and I may not need someone to walk me. You know, I, I, coaching may get me through a, a, a family death, you know, those kind of things. But if I had an underlying condition already, and someone, you know, dies or I go through divorce, then it may exacerbate it to where I do need to, to push it over. And so and that's where uh, uh, a, a, uh, those of us who are, are pastors have to understand, you know, when that referral is needed, when you are going to refer somebody out and say, hey, listen, you know, um, we're going to certainly be praying with you. We're going to certainly be here supporting you. But I also want you to go and see a therapist. I also want you to go and talk to your medical doctor about this, you know, kind of thing. Right. Uh, because, yeah, life changes are constant. You know, I mean, few of us don't go through them. You know, right. you, you work on a job for 35 years and, and now you realize there's another guy that's 25 years old coming behind you and you know that they're pushing you out the door. Right. That's a life change, you know. And so it's a constant thing. So what is um, you all's, like, um, tactic, I should say, for a, for in a situation like that, when someone comes to you all with the life change, like what's the first step you all try to get the person to understand? Just to- Well, first, um, normalizing it for them and just validating their feelings. I think a lot of times um, in people's average day to day conversation with people, sometimes you're talking to people and you're not really validating your feelings. So you're saying, I don't feel I feel depressed and your friend like just get over it, just, you know, go out, do this, that, and the third, and they not really understanding what you're saying. So I think the benefit of counseling is the focus is on you, whether you're talking to your pastor, whether you're talking to a licensed clinician, it's a different type of conversation. I think sometimes people think talking to their friends and family, and I'm not saying that that's not an option, but sometimes you just really don't get the support that you need Mm -hmm. and they can minimize things and make you feel like, yeah, I really should just get over it when it it might not just be a situation that you can just easily get over. So I think um, just normalizing it for them, validating their feelings um, and just helping them understand what they need to do. Um, In counseling, we are taught you basically don't give clients advice. We've all given our friends advice, family advice. It's sound. You know, if they do it, it's going to work out, but they don't do it. People have to come to it on their own. So they're really invested in it. So just helping them learn tools to figure these things out for themselves and how can they manage it? Like what kind of self-care can they do? Um, Just basically supporting them through it and helping them realize that you have the power. This is your life. You know, I can give you advice on what I would do, but it's based on me and the baggage that I'm bringing in and what I'm going home to. Like you have to make decisions for yourself and what's going to help you out in your situation. So really just supporting them um, and giving them the tools that they need to, you know, be able to carry on into the future. You you said something that's that's key that I think that, you know, um, merits uh, um, highlighting a little bit because one thing that Sherry said was that oftentimes you go to your friend and, or family members and they'll say, well, you know, hey, let's, let's go out. We're going to the club or, you know, let's let's do this. Let's do that. And, 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 and you know, so what you do is you make the person feel bad about their feelings. Right. So if I'm going through some stuff and, and what you really end up telling me that that how I am is not normal. 
And mm-hmm. so that makes me feel negative about how I feel. So then from that point on, let's say I do go to a therapist. Now I can't come back to you and tell you I went to a therapist because you just told me based right. on our conversation that if I need a therapist, that makes me a, I'm, I'm, I'm not a normal person right. because your concept is I shouldn't have to have a therapist to get over this, you know, which really pushes me underground even more. And I think, you know, people who are family members and well-meaning friends need to understand that, that oftentimes when we're trying to help the person, we end up pushing them further and further into their problem. Right. Uh, because as, as, as Sherry said, and the reality is those of us who push you far, ourselves have been pushed, you know, Mm -hmm. and it didn't work for us, but yet we'll still do the exact same thing to other people and say, hey, listen, girl, I just prayed about mine and I got over it. No, you didn't just pray about it and get over it. You went and you talked to the pastor or you talked to someone or, you know, a a number of things may happen in your life to get you where you were. And, And so... All of us face depression. You know, that's the thing. All of us face depression. There's no one that hasn't faced depression. We may not be clinically depressed, but we have faced depression. From a biblical standpoint, if you look at some of the patriarchs in the Bible, some of them obviously, if they had been looked at, if a psychiatrist had viewed their life, they would say they were clinically depressed. And I'll give you a classic example. You look at... Uh, um, Noah, for example, here's a man who the Lord tells, hey, listen, I'm going to let it rain and I'm going to destroy everybody off this earth for you and your family. Go get your family, bring them into an ark. And he's bringing his family into the ark and, and, and everybody's laughing at him because they've never seen it rain before. And all of a sudden it starts raining. And so here your wife's family, you think they're not knocking on the ark? Let right. us in. Right. Let us in. And he's saying, no, I can't let you in. The Lord told me to close the doors. You have relatives, your own mother, his, 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 his family were probably saying, let us in. I can't let you. And the Lord said, no, you hear them screaming. You hear them crying. You think that wasn't, you know, causing him some issues. Right. Now you get on the ark. And you're locked in with all these animals, locked in with your wife, locked in with your children. You think there wasn't some things going on, the animals defecating, all this kind of stuff going on, and you locked in with these folk, no light, no anything. Noah gets off the ark, and here's what the Bible tells us when he got off the ark. What's highlighted is is him planting a vineyard. And mm-hmm. getting drunk. Right. And that tells you what his state of mind was. Right. It didn't highlight him getting off the ark and them having a great time and saying, oh, wow, right. it's a wonderful time. The story says, hey, he got off the ark, he plants a vineyard, he gets drunk. Now, realize that took time, but that's, what, that's what's highlighted. So that tells you what his state of mind was in. Everybody he knew was dead. <laughs> Right. And so now he is depressed and that's why he got drunk. So the Bible is filled with those kind of stories where when men went through stuff, women went through stuff, they were depressed. They were depressed. Now, uh, I'm not advocating getting a vineyard and getting your wine to do with your depression. <laughs> but what I was noting is, is that he sought medication. Right. He, see, he sought medication. He sought something to relieve that sense of isolation, that sense of depression. And so that, that should also give us some kind of insight to say, if I get to that point where I have, you know, sunken below where I should go, it's okay to seek help. It's okay to, to get help. It's okay to get medication. It's yeah. okay to kind of get myself back to where I need to go. Yeah. Now, what is y'all's advice for like someone like myself? Um, I get people come to me all the time 
you know, with issues and wanting to talk about things. And I have repeatedly told him like, okay, look, this is beyond what I'm able to give you. I, you know, I think you need to go get professional help. Now I can get you out 89, 90% there or up to professional help, but I can't get you past that, you know, knowing the different theories on counseling and things like that. Cause I'm not, you know, trained. What is your advice for people like me who run across other people like that, whether it be family or friends, and then you try to get them to go somewhere and they just don't want to do that? So what's your advice on how to get them to go get that professional help? Well, one, you can't make anybody do anything, especially if they're grown, unless it's court mandated. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot make them seek counseling. But I think um, like we had highlighted before, just being open to them, um, like, again, validating their feelings, letting them know it's okay, and just repeatedly bringing that back to them that they can seek um, help. I think social media has become like such a great platform. It's plenty of podcasts they can listen to. There are plenty of books, self-help books they can read. So if you don't feel comfortable yet going to talk to someone, you can still listen to podcasts. You can still find books um, related to whatever it is under the sun. There's plenty of books. So um, I would just kind of lead them in that direction. And also the flip side of that is making sure that you as a person who is receiving all this information that you're putting up some boundaries too. Cause sometimes people can just dump their problems on you and keep dumping them and dumping them and right. dumping them. And now you feeling depressed and there was nothing even wrong with you before. So just putting up those boundaries, like, yes, I'm here and I'm available to talk, but I have a limit too. So I can't keep, you know, continuing right. to receive this. So how do y'all deal with that? Also. With being counselors and listening to people's problems, you know, say for a full day, how do y'all handle that? Well, you, you have to separate empathy from sympathy, uh, you know, and, right. and, and so I, 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 I can never align myself with you. I can understand you, but I can't align myself with you and your problem, because once I do that, then everything becomes my problem as well as your problem. So you, you have to be able to do that. And 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 after a, I mean, experience, you know, of course, um, makes it easier to, to do that as well. And so, but you also have to be honest as a counselor with people about where you are as well. Now, I, I, I uh, um, can't say that that's true for all counselors, mm-hmm. but I think that's a part of the problem that we deal with with people when you're counseling them. Because one thing that people, as Sherry mentioned earlier, people like validation. They like validation. Okay. So let's say if you come to me, and, you know, you are suffering from deep depression and then we talk a few things and you let me know, you know, well, I'm losing weight or I can't, I, you know, can't sleep at night. And, you know, we go through all those kind of things that we talk about. Uh, then it's OK for me to say, well, you know what, um, if I, I'm not going to lie to you, but if I have been there, it's OK for me to say, you know what, I've, I have dealt with these same kind of issues myself in the past. And let me tell you what helped me get out of it, you know, that I t- sought professional counseling. Because if you're coming to me, if you're coming to me as a counselor, then you're already saying that you are open to counseling because right. you're coming to right. me as a counselor. If you're coming to me as a friend, I had to be open with you in acknowledging if I am a counselor, I believe in counseling. I believe in that. Right. And so I have to be honest and open with you and let you know how I, how I feel about it. And, and so, so it doesn't become a stigma. So you don't feel like, you know, okay, uh, you're going to think differently of me now if I, if I do that, 
you know. Okay. So is it, is it frustrating to counsel someone that just seems like they just refuse to change? Like you see the solution right there and it's right in front of them, but they just refuse to do it. Well, uh, see, that, that's, um, that's why I think between coaching and counseling. Coaching is I'm trying to get you to change. Mm-hmm. Counseling is I'm trying to move you out of wherever you are. You know, if you're in a state, if you are depressed, you know, if you constantly, you know, these mental right. health and coaching are not the same thing. Right. And I think that's the mistake that people make sometimes, you know, uh, because they're trying, they're trying to coach the person. Right. And, and coaching is not a substitute for mental health counseling. And so we have to be careful in that regard. Yeah, a person may be making bad decisions and we may be thinking that you need coaching. And the problem is your bad decisions is because you're depressed. Right. And so recognizing that it's not my job to coach you. It's my job to try to get you to seek that help that you need so you can now get out of where you are and make good decisions. You know, you know, for like like the gentleman just just shot, you know, the, the, the school kids up. Right. Right. I don't know this. Haven't talked to him. But from what I hear, he he sought help. He probably was depressed. Now, I could try to coach him and say, hey, listen, that's a don't you know, you shouldn't want to kill people. That's coaching. Make a different decision. That's coaching. That right. don't mean he's not going to kill people. I got to get to the problem, deal with the depression. Then he probably wouldn't have done it. Right. Right. And I wish I could highlight and underscore coaching is not counseling. And I think people are popping up. First of all, people watch reality TV. Too much. And everybody is a a life coach. (laughs) And you find somebody (laughs) on social media, they have life coach behind their name. That don't mean they have any training or anything. And people are going to these people when they have real problems. But coaching and counseling are two very different things. And you cannot really confuse the two. So if you have serious issues that you need to work through, then you really need to go to counseling. But to your answer your question, do you get frustrated? Yes and no. Like the human side, sometimes you'd be thinking, yeah, like what's wrong with you? Right. But the counselor side is like, I understand that something's going on in your brain. So why do you keep going back to these abusive men? Your friends might think, girl, you're just so crazy. Why you keep doing it? But the counselor side of me is like something happened. Why? Why are you choosing these people? Is it you finding comfort in violence because that's what you grew up around? Da, 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 da. Like my little counselor wheels are spinning. So now I'm not frustrated because now I'm trying to figure out why are you continuing to make these bad choices? Let's get back to the root and back to the history. So in that sense. Counselor mode, I don't get frustrated because you're here for a reason. Obviously, if it was that easy, you wouldn't be sitting here. So let's work through what those things are that's causing you to keep making these, you know, bad decisions. And let me say this, too. If you were a brick mason, would you be upset that the person kept calling you back to lay more bricks? No. I know. (laughs) Could you get paid? My point. Right. Right. So why would a counselor get upset that the person that that's coming to them needs more counseling? Right. See, it, it, it is not your job to, <laughs> to 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 you know to assume that the person's decision are bad, right? Just because they're not your decisions. Right. Gotcha. That's not your job. Your job is mental health. Right. Your job is to make sure that mentally they are healthy. Right. Because you can be mentally healthy and make bad decisions. Right. So now the touch of go back on the um the life coaching um subject. 
because Sherry made a good point, you know, um, life coaching did pop up a bunch everywhere to the point they had certifications out there for, for people to be life coaches. Has that really clouded counseling and the stuff that you all do for what people say, I'll either go to you all or I can go to a life coach. Has it really made y'all's job harder? In our community, we have always had life coaches. We just didn't call them life coaches. In, in, in the black community, th- that's how you got what you got right. through life coaches. We didn't call them that. You know, you go to the pool hall mm-hmm. and you know what? There was a life coaching that it told you what to do and how to do stuff. You know, it, it, so we just didn't call them that. Right. But they were always life Cause I, coaches. Because I have been guilty of a guy coming to me and then we go to the bar, slide him a drink, and we said to talk about some stuff. That, that's that's coaching. Right. I mean, that is coaching. The the average the average uh, coach in sports also coaches players right. in, in, in how to, you know, navigate through college and all those kind of things. So it's it's always been there. We just didn't always pay for the way you pay for it now right. you know, as as a life coach. Um to to me, you're dealing with a life coach. And making decisions has nothing to do. I shouldn't have nothing to do. It, it's not how does not impact your me trying to help you with your mental health issues, because n- I, I as a as a counselor have to have the skill to distinguish between whether or not your behavior is a mental health problem or your behavior is one that stems from your lack of ability to make sound, wise decisions. And, 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 and then the, the, again, they are not the same and we cannot m- try to make them the same. And that's what people do who are not trained counselors. Right. Is that they confuse the two. So you can be constantly, you know, running up your credit cards and, 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 and being in debt and being in debt and being in debt. And people will assume that that's a mental health issue. No, it's not necessarily a mental health issue. But, you know, it, but you may have a mental health issue, but that may not be what the problem is. You can be perfectly sane and still be in deep in debt. Right. So, so, you know, so from that standpoint, I'm saying the first rate, what I do no, because usually when you come to me, I'm not competing with a life coach. Now, a life coach right. might prevent you from coming to me. Right. But I won't know that anyway, right. because right. you'll have gone to the life coach rather than come to me. Right. Right. Sure. Um, I agree with basically everything um, that was said. Again, if you seek out a life coach, like you said, I won't know if you were going to choose me and a life coach and you chose a life coach. But I think um, just more education in the community at large, because people a lot of people don't know the difference. And to be honest, before I went to school for counseling, I may not have known the difference between a social worker a counselor, a licensed counselor, a life coach, like people really just do not know. They just know I need to see somebody. They might get on Google and type in therapist (laughs) and a lot of things can pop up. So it's really just trying to push the information out there so people can be more aware when they're trying to make a choice because you may choose a life coach and really don't really know that there are other options. So you can't necessarily blame the person for making the wrong choice when they don't know it. It gets confusing even amongst licensed professionals. So um, just getting the education out there. And if you do decide that you want to go to counseling, just take a few minutes and like do a little Google search, try to figure out the differences between 
all the different fields and figure out what you need. Um, just like Dr. Daniel said, you may not have a mental health issue. So no, you may not need to go see a licensed person, which more than likely is going to cost you a little bit more than a life coach. Maybe all you need is a little bit of coaching. So it's just, you know, kind of figuring out those things and deciding which one is best. And if you do go to a life coach, let me stress something. Never get coached by someone that's doing worse than you are. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And and oftentimes the life coach that we seek is not someone we got off, you know, through Google, but it's the girlfriend or the boyfriend, you know, and and nothing wrong with, you know, talking to your friends, obviously, because they're the ones that know you. But, you know, uh, it, it, or, or the uh, the barber is a good life coach for a lot of folk, right, <laughs> you right. know, and beautician. Um, but the bottom line is this. Uh, you don't need to, as, as I always tell folk this, uh, married people don't need to be coached by divorced people. Right. Because I don't need to learn how to get divorced. I, I can figure that one out by myself. So if if, if, if you want a, a life coach about how to get, how to, how to save your marriage, don't talk to anybody that's not married or anybody that's divorced. Right. Find someone that's been married for 35 and 40 years. That's right. who you use for your life coach. So even if I'm seeking a life coach, let's say, let's say I Google a life coach and that person is 25 years old and I'm seeking marital issues. My first question would be, are you married? Right. How long have you been married? If the person says I'm not married and have never been married, then I need to walk right out the door and find me a life coach that understands marriage. Because let me tell you something. It's a difference between me teaching you to swim because I've read about it in a book and teaching you to swim because I've been in the water. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And to that point, as a consumer of counseling, you shouldn't be or don't feel like you're going to offend somebody, you need to find who works for you. So if you feel more comfortable, if you're black with a black counselor, find you a black counselor. Like, don't feel like you're offending anybody. And like Pastor said, if you want somebody that's married, seek out these people. Like, don't feel like you are stuck with the first person that you get. And also with counseling, if you go see a bad counselor, don't let that turn you off from counseling. Just like when you go out to eat, you eat at a bad restaurant. You might not go back to that restaurant, but you're still eating out. You're still going to try somewhere else. So the same with counseling. Unfortunately, everybody in the is not a good counselor. That's just the reality of the situation. But don't let that deter you from seeking counseling. And sometimes people are a good counselor, but your personalities just doesn't click. And that's fine also. So, you know, don't be afraid to change counselors and don't let a bad experience stop you from seeking help. Because it really is about you. We got about a couple more minutes. And another question is, what can we do as a community to for people to understand the differences between like social workers, counselors, life coaches? What y'all said was a lot of times people are confused, even some people within the industry are confused. So what can we do as a community to get to clear everything up? Well, ed- education is, is, is always is key. Um, I know from from my, from my standpoint within my congregation is that we have always offered um, mental health first aid uh, f- because I- I'm never going to be a medical doctor. Right. But if I know first aid, then I know enough to know when I need to dial 911. And when I can handle it, you know, myself. Right. And, and so I would encourage everyone that's listening to, and, and most 
um, most um, um, human services offices offer, you know, mental health first aid. And so I would I would advise anyone um, who who um, has not taken that kind of course um, to take it. You know, um, I certainly wouldn't want you doing um, CPR on me if you hadn't had a CPR course. <laughs> right. And, and, and it's, I think the same thing, you know, uh, it's, it's true for for mental health. Right. Um, I agree. Education is key. Um, I've just joined a volunteer organization, the Artix Foundation, um, volunteering for them, which is basically trying to spread the awareness of mental health just in the community, just having workshops, just so people can understand um, what mental health looks like. Um, people that are in the field, they get to meet them, talk to them, um, go to different training. So I think just pushing more education and just letting people know that people are here and available to help all right so this was a really good um episode and very informative i hope everybody out there has got what they need from this um, episode for uh, counseling and mental health and the differences which is really no differences between going to seek counseling in the church versus outside the church so if you need some help please go get some help and be careful as we've just got through hearing about seeking your friends aka the life coach <laughs> especially if they're doing worse than what you're doing at the moment this is your host cb baker till next time